I've seen a, a big evolution in these 20 years, but there's nothing that will replace the human brain. In this episode, we will cover the domain of certification and audits of food production. How has food production and automation evolved over the past 20 years? What's the impact on quality? And where does new do new technologies such as AI fit in? Stay tuned to find out. In the Quality Leaders podcast, I discuss challenges and innovation in quality assurance in manufacturing. What keeps the industry experts awake at night? Where's innovation? What are the technologies behind it? And what role does artificial intelligence play in all this? Hello, Dr. Uh, Stevens. Hello, Miguel. Good evening. Good evening. Thank you for joining us tonight at the Quality Leaders podcast. You're our honored first guest. It's very nice to have you and thank you for attending. You're welcome. Yeah, um, maybe you can give us a short introduction of yourself first. Well, I'm, uh, I graduated as a veterinarian in 1984. I joined the military in 1988 as a military officer, as a veterinary officer. And uh, I worked for the Belgian military until 2012. I started auditing uh, food companies besides that in 2002. And since 2012, I'm actually a full-time food auditor in, in food safety and quality management. And besides that, I run a little small animal practice in my home dome of Ypres. A handful of uh, activities you have right there. And uh, sounds like you have correct uh, experience to join the podcast tonight. Maybe to start off with a personal question, what's the favorite item you bought last year? Favorite item I bought last year? Um, I think if it was last year, it probably is my car. <laughs> I think indeed for men, that's probably the first thing that comes to mind to these type well, of questions. It's, it's half of the time I spend in my car, so... Uh... <laughs> then indeed, it's like the office actually for you, eh? It is. As a salesperson, yeah, as a salesperson, I know what it is. Um, maybe to react to your introduction, how did you end up in the role of the lead auditor of food safety and quality management systems? Well. Actually, when I joined, you can explain also. Yeah, when I joined the military, the, 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 the tasks were not quite what they are now. And in the evolution, we started, if you wanted to uh, sell food to the military, you needed to be accredited. So as a veterinary officer, we were accrediting all the companies that were delivering food of animal origin. So dairy companies, meat companies, etc. And then one of my colleagues uh, left the military, went to work for the civilian and was doing a second party audit. So for uh, retailers going to their suppliers. And at that moment, there were not a lot. Well, there were no auditors and the military, okay. we already had some experience. So he asked me if I wanted to do some audits for them. And this is how it started. So as a, doing the uh, second party audits for, for some bigger retailers in Belgium. And then, of course, the next step was third-party audits, which are certification audits, is what I'm doing yeah. right now. Okay, interesting. And maybe, yeah, maybe maybe you can, for the public who, who is not very much aware of what, what it means, the audits that you do, maybe you can explain that a little bit, like what does a typical audit look like and, and what are you guaranteeing with these audits? Well, actually, what we are doing is we are auditing the quality management system of a company. 
So we don't do, well, we do, of course, a site inspection while we are there, but we are looking uh, mainly if they have a good quality management system, which means that they take corrective action on each observation they do. That can be a complaint. That can be an internal non-conformity. We judge their analysis plan. We judge their control plan. We check if their people are well-trained during uh, doing some interviews. Um, we check if they do the good corrective actions when they have uh, non-conform results, either from the laboratory or either if they do it themselves. If their own uh, laboratory um, is qualified, which means do they do the, not the necessary control procedures to guarantee that their own laboratory is uh, is 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 um, how would I say um, is is if the results are reliable? That's actually the, the main uh, the main reason of that. And all these things together. So I'm auditing only food plants, uh, only uh, uh, all, all, all kind of food. I I do dairy, I do meat, but I also do candies, cookies, chocolate. Uh, uh, right now I'm in mayonnaise factory, and and next week I'm probably in a in a in a Fritz factory. So in Belgium, Fritz and mayonnaise go very well together, and uh, these audits take from let's say from two days to ten days, depending on the size of the company, uh, how many people are working there, how many hazard plans they have. So we also check if they had a good risk analysis plan, and if they have the necessary control measures. To make sure that these risks are these risks are uh, are managed. Yeah. So a very very extensive responsibility that you have right there, and interesting that you should do it at the full chain of production. Yeah. Fritz at mayonnaise, as diverse as it gets, actually, very interesting. And 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 maybe because you've been in the in the in the industry in in the responsibility for quite some time, maybe you can explain how you've seen. The quality, the yeah, the the safety of these systems of these companies evolve over the past 10, 15 years, more or less. Oh, we've seen. I've seen a, a big evolution in these twenty years. Um, I must say, the number of non-conformities are much less now than they were twenty years ago. We also see a huge evolution evolution in the control systems that the companies have themselves. And for example, of course the. The more something is automated, the more risk it is. If you have a manual thing, there's a person having everything in his hands and or in her hands and seeing what's passing. If it is in a machine going by hundreds per minute uh, and, and there's something happening, you need control mechanism. For example, I remember 20 years ago, we had some companies having a metal detection. Well, now metal detection is standard. It's mandatory. They don't have, if they have an automated system and they don't have uh, a metal detection at the end of the process, it's considered as a non-conformity. Uh, more yeah. and more, we see these metal detectors getting replaced by X-ray. So where they don't only detect metal, but also uh, plastics or, or wooden pieces or, or things like that. Um, we also see much more visual controls. And for example, there's a camera at the end checking if the, the labels are there, if the labels are correct, if it's the, if it's the exact label, and if they are well-positioned and well-readable. So all these things were not there 20 years ago. Yeah. Technical evolution, of course, is making a lot possible. Eh? It's opening possibilities. 
but also creating necessities for those technologies. Because indeed, as you say correctly, eh, if you automate everything, there's nobody checking the product. Eh? Only maybe at the end, even if that isn't automated, maybe that's also automated. So indeed, there's the necessity. And, and, and with this automation, maybe you can say what are the new or the most important quality challenges you can identify today? Well, of course, the quality challenges, first of all, well, one of the huge things is foreign objects. And we certainly don't want people to get hurt uh, if, for example, a screw of a machine falls into a product. Uh, and of course, for children, that's even more important. Um, also, one of the things we see is, is the shelf lives. The products are getting longer and longer and longer shelf lives, which is a challenge on microbiological level. So more and more, uh, we see that uh, uh, set new techniques. Uh, first of all, we only had fake uh, to, to take the oxygen away so bacteria would to grow slower. Now we see possibilities where they replace the oxygen by another gas. So you don't have that, uh, that, 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 uh, that effect where all your products are sticking together, but you still have the effect of having a, lock, a lack of origin, which makes sure that... Uh, that bacteria cannot develop. Um, the heating processes, for example, are all completely monitored. So even six months later, you can see that from one batch, what at what time they started, what temperature it had, how much, or which time the temperature had been gone. The disinfection processes are completely monitored. So we check the, or we, we don't check, but the companies check and register and monitor the, for example, the pH to make sure that the concentration of these infectants is large enough during the infection, but that the rinsing afterwards have been good enough to make sure that there's no risk of that disinfectant to stay in the product that are going to be followed. So it's, it's very complex. The dangers, let's say, or the risks, we categorize them in four different classes. And you have the foreign objects. You have the chemical risks, of course, like, like residues of antibiotics or cleaning products. You have the biological risks, like we have with bacteria. And of course, the, the, the new risks since 15 years about is the allergens, to make sure that you don't get cross-contamination of allergens. Yeah. Hey, hey, I, you said it earlier, and I was about to say it before you just said it, that the complexity has only gotten more serious. So, um, yeah, of course, a lot of automation, but a lot more complexity the way I hear it. Um, so those are the challenges today. Maybe we can take a sneak peek into the future. Maybe any trends you see or, or opportunities or more bigger challenges you see. How do you see the future of uh, well, well, quality? One thing is sure that uh, we need high qualified people in the quality departments. I think knowledge is the basis of everything. So having a good education prior to going to the industry is very important. And let's say... Uh, I don't think the, the schools are getting enough students. There should be a bigger flow from students uh, into the directions that have to deal with food. And I think this is because it's not only auditors that we are uh, not having enough, but also quality people in the companies. It's really a challenge to find good quality people. And good quality people means they must have knowledge, of course, scientific knowledge, knowledge of the products and of the processes, but they also must have some, some psychology because they must convince uh, the operators of certain things that, uh, or, or certain actions 
that sometimes are annoying, so they must motivate them that it is necessary. And you have an attitude where you just order something without any reason, etc. You sometimes risk the opposite because yeah. um, the quality people in the companies are not the Mr. and Mrs. Nice people. They are there to, to, to let's say, to observe and mainly to correct where necessary. So a lot of people management, yeah? besides knowledge, people management, that's, that's a whole other skill on its own. Yeah, that's a big challenge as well. Maybe to say if there's one key takeaway of all that people when listening to this podcast should really remember today. What would that be if I asked you one key well, fact, are, one key idea? If they are young, they should go and study this because it's a very, very important and, and very interesting subject. There are so many different tasks to do. That's one thing. And the second thing is um, also be, 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 be realistic in, in, in what you see. Um, and, and let's say lots of mistakes happen in the family kitchen. So start in your own house. I mean, a refrigerator, things that should be refrigerated should not only be in the refrigerator, but your refrigerator should be at a good temperature. Most of the family refrigerators are much too warm. So that, I mean, they are 10, 11, 12 degrees, where it should be preferably four, maximum seven degrees. And all these things influence the shelf life of products and make a difference between something that is, uh, is, is dangerous, that, that, that is risky for food safety, and something that is only nice to have and quality. And I think uh, there is a lot of investment in marketing. And maybe better some of that marketing money should better go to quality and to research. Because indeed, there's not no such bad thing as a bad product. Eh? I mean, that that's... That's canceling all the good marketing if the product is bad. I can't yeah, but, imagine anything worse. Yes, but the main problem is that a bad product is not only always visible. You sometimes have contaminated products and you don't smell it, you don't see it, you only experience it afterwards when you are sick. And as I said, in the industry, I'm quite confident that things are managed now. I mean, we are 20 years further. All the procedures, all the processes, they are very well controlled, very well managed. But in, in the house kitchens or the smaller kitchens, this is where a lot of problems happen. It, it's like a restaurant that is investing a lot in nice tables, nice curtains, uh, a very nice interior. But sometimes in the back, uh, the, the lightest investment necessary have not been done. And the main investment is in people. Yeah, it's whenever I go to dinner and I see the kitchen, I feel very at peace because I know they pay attention to that. Um, maybe to give it a little bit more technical, because we were saying uh, challenges have become more complex because, of course, uh, there has been a lot of automation making the challenges that still remain there. The, the inspection that we can still do is very complex and high-end. Do you believe that artificial intelligence will play a bigger role in quality inspection, quality assurance in the near future? Well, it already does. I give you a few examples. Uh, for example, uh, you have a chicken slaughterhouse where part of the chickens are sold as complete chicken 
and where parts of the chickens are sold in in parts, like the wings and the chests and the and, and the thighs separately. But of course, what they do, if a chicken is in, in the process, you get sometimes uh, damage on the skin. But of course, these that are the skins that are damaged, these are the chickens they are cut into pieces. And the chickens that are nicely covered with the untouched skin are the ones you want to sell as a whole. Well, if in a slaughterhouse where we have, let's say, between five and 10,000 chickens an hour passing by a camera, there's cameras taking pictures of these chickens. Compare them with the database with pictures they have to, to, to estimate whether this chicken is damaged a lot or not. And what is today important it might be different tomorrow. If, for example, a company only has uh, today orders for 10% of what they slaughtered as a whole chicken, you can be very severe. And at least uh, the damage there is on the skin, you cut it into pieces and only the best 10% you want to keep. But if 90% is to go to be sold as a whole, you have to change your criteria. Well, this is what I call artificial intelligence. They implement and they say, okay, today I need, for example, 70% full carcasses and 30% into pieces. And the whole system compares all the pictures of the chickens with the pictures in the database and does a 30-70 uh, se separation of the chickens. This is, this is just one example. So yeah, that, that indeed would be a more intelligent production based on the demand, which you could also link to yeah your production and the demand of the market immediately affecting how you produce what you produce and optimizing the production accordingly. Maybe a last question. How do you see technology shaping the future of Q&A? Will the quality inspectors become obsolete or, or what, what? how do you see the future? Well, I, I see they have a lot of... Uh... Uh, let's say, programs and possibilities, but there's nothing that will replace the human brain. There's always some common sense. You can do a lot of analysis, but finally you need, you need something or, and, and you could have automatic tendencies coming out of your results, but you need always at the end a human brain to interpret them, to Think about, well, what is the root cause analysis of the problem? What then, of course, is the corrective action? And afterwards, of course, go and verify if your corrective action is efficient. And I think these things is something that the human will never be replaced. But it needs to be a person, of course, with knowledge. Yeah. 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 It makes perfect sense. Okay. Well, thank you for your time. I... I have no further questions for you, Miguel. Though the first thing I will do after this call is check the temperature of my fridge. <laughs> thank okay. you for having, yeah. Thank you for having me tonight. Night. And uh, drive safely, please. That's it, folks. Hope you liked it. If you did, follow the RoboVision page. Follow my page. Leave us a like, of course, or a comment. If there's anything you'd like me to talk about, quality related, leave it in the comments, and we'll be for sure considering it. Take care.